This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on insurance. Today I'd like to talk about good faith and bad faith. It has been said that where fear enters, reason flees. Doubt, with its wavering in opinion and judgment, comes from a fear of the unknown. It is an unrealistic viewpoint that develops from defects in knowledge or evidence. But when a subject or situation is studied and understood, the unknown becomes known, and fear and doubt are overcome. Irrational decisions are thereby avoided or minimized, so that the problem at hand is more likely to be successfully resolved. And so it is with the irrational thinking and attitudes related to the handling of suspicious claims and concerns about the tort of bad faith. What do fear and doubt have to do with the tort of bad faith? The fact is that adjusters are faced almost daily with everything from an insured's willful failure to cooperate to attempted bad faith setups, intimidation, and threats of bad faith lawsuits. Enormous pressures come to bear on adjusters, which inevitably lead to a conflict between their duty to provide service to insureds and their equally important and compelling duty to keep them honest. Dishonest insureds and unethical attorneys use extortive tactics which are designed to thwart an insurer's legitimate investigation and to coerce insurers into paying questionable and meritless claims. Unfortunately, these tactics are frequently successful as many adjusters do not have the specialized education, training, or knowledge needed to respond properly. Part of the problem is the unwillingness of some companies to educate, train, and support experienced claims adjusters and SIU investigators so that they can be confident when they confront the issues insurers must provide the moral and financial support including proper staffing and training to investigate expose and control fraudulent activity effectively as a consequence some inexperienced untrained or ineffective claims adjusters are running scared and paying claims that should not be paid it is clear that the only way adjusters and insurers can minimize their vulnerability to bad faith exposures and at the same time control fraud is to become expert in every asset and facet of property claims handling. More competence can be sufficient to avoid bad faith actions. Acquiring a thorough knowledge of the legal technicalities of investigation and defense of disputed first-party property claims is essential. In that connection, the purpose of my book, Property Investigation Checklists, 
13th edition is in existence and available from Thomson Reuters, as well as other books I have written in the and available through the insurance claims library at my website and from Amazon.com. Acquiring a thorough knowledge of the legal technicalities of investigation and defense of disputed first-party property claims is essential. In that connection, those issues are covered in the book, Property Investigation Checklists. Those issues, additional defenses, and practical guidelines, which are considered to be of most concern to the adjuster or fraud investigator, claims management and defense counsel will be covered and are covered in the book, and some of my other books. Included in the discussion will be some novel approaches to the defense of questionable first-party claims. The subjects that will be discussed are mutual covenant of good faith and fair dealing, the general good faith duties of the insured and insurer, comparative bad faith, reverse bad faith, fighting back with aggressive defenses, counterclaims, preemptive declaratory relief actions and suits against the dishonest insured, insurer, bad faith, general good faith duties of the insurer, including the duty to investigate and pay legitimate claims and compliance with fair claims practice laws and regulations. The legal limits of investigation, proper investigative methods and avoidance of illegal and outrageous conduct, proper reporting, documenting a good faith investigation, and avoidance of defamation of character and claims handling scenarios, insureds abandonments of claims, denial and prosecution, all will be available to the well-trained and educated claims handler. And they must understand that the covenant of good faith and fair dealing is mutual. It is a two-way street. All contracts, especially all contracts of insurance, require that each party perform certain obligations in good faith. Insurance contracts require that the insured and the insurer must do nothing that will deprive the other of the benefits of the contract of insurance. The insured must substantially comply with policy conditions by giving timely notice of loss, providing an adequate proof of loss and in inventory, and complying with other reasonable requests of the insurer so that the insurer can properly consider whether or not the claim is covered. The insurer, on the other hand, has a duty to conduct an adequate investigation and to pay legitimate claims in a timely manner. The respective duties or obligations have their basis in the policy contract in the form of general conditions. The insurer generally has additional obligations imposed by fair claims settlement practices, statutes, and regulations, as well as case laws applied to the jurisdiction where the claim is being adjusted. Although contract law is replete 
with references to the good faith duties of both parties, the rules generally have not been evenly and fairly applied in the case of insurance contracts. More often than not, the burden of good faith and fair dealing has been one-sided, that it is, is it has been placed almost exclusively on the shoulders of insurance carriers. Little attention has been focused on the activities of the insured, whether that activity has been a breach of conditions or other conduct against public policy. <clears throat> it all started in California with the landmark first-party bad faith case called Grunberg versus Aetna Insurance Company that was decided in 1973 by the California Supreme Court. In that case, the Supreme Court reversed a Superior Court's dismissal of an insured's bad faith suit on the demur of the insurer, where the court was required to believe everything alleged that by the plaintiff was true, which had held that the complaint did not state a cause of action because the insured breached the contract by refusing to appear for examination under oath. The California Supreme Court held that the complaint against the three insurers sufficiently alleged a breach on the part of the insurers of their duty of good faith and fair dealing. The insured alleged that the insurers willfully and maliciously entered into a scheme to deprive him of the benefits of the fire policy and that they encouraged the bringing of criminal charges against the insured by falsely implying that he had a motive to commit arson and that knowing that the insured would not appear for an examination during the pendency of the criminal case, the insurers used his failure to appear as a pretense for denying liability. The alleged acts were the comments of an independent adjuster assigned to the loss who had told a fire department arson investigator after the insured had been arrested that the property appeared to be overinsured and repeated this at the criminal hearing. The criminal case was dismissed for lack of probable cause, and the insured then agreed to appear for the examination with his books and records. The insurers, through their attorneys, denied liability based on breach of contract, concluding that the insured's offer was too little and too late. The Grunberg court acknowledged that there were duties and obligations owed by both parties, but held that under the circumstances the insured was not obligated to perform. The court said, quote, Defendant's duty, as we have explained, arises from a contractual relationship existing between the parties. This duty has been characterized as an implied covenant that neither party will do anything which will injure the right of the other to receive the benefits of the agreement. While it might be argued that defendants would be excused from their contractual duties, that is, the obligation to indemnify, if the plaintiff breached his obligations under the policies, we do not think that plaintiff's alleged breach excuses defendants from their duty 
implied by law of good faith and fair dealing. In other words, the insurer's duty is unconditional and independent of the performance of plaintiff's contractual obligations. Close quote. The court further stated, quote, We conclude, therefore, that the duty of good faith and fair dealing on the part of defendant insurance companies is an absolute one. At the same time, we do not say that the parties cannot define by the terms of the contract their respective obligations and duties. We say merely that no matter how those duties are stated, the non-performance by one party of its contractual duties cannot excuse a breach of the duty of good faith and fair dealing by the other party while the contract between them is in effect and not rescinded. Close quote. In other words, it didn't matter that the adjuster's comments were privileged and that the insured initially breached conditions of the policy by failing to appear for an examination under oath and provide his books and records. The dissenting justice, whose opinions have been ignored over the years, stated the situation clearly when he said, quote, Does this mean that irrespective of how well-defined the obligations of plaintiff are, he can ignore them and still demand performance on the part of the other party? Under liberal rules of pleading, it is required that a plaintiff in a breach of contract complaint make it clear that plaintiff has performed in all respects and the defendant has not. It is respectfully suggested that the majority have advised an insurer that if it expects to avoid a bad faith lawsuit, there is only one safe course. Pay all claims and investigate afterwards, assuming, of course, payment doesn't waive that right. Close quote. Although the holding in Grunberg case has been criticized, it has become settled law in California and has been used frequently across the country to intimidate insurers who otherwise would question certain potentially fraudulent claims but largely because of the work of knowledgeable and aggressive defense counsel, the courts have gradually re recognized that the covenant of good faith and fair dealing is reciprocal. One of the first California cases to clearly apply this common sense doctrine to the insured was Liberty Mutual versus Altfilich Construction Company, a uh, 1977 decision of the California Court of Appeal. In that case, the court held that the named insured had breached a subrogation condition of the policy by orally contracting away the insurer's right to subrogation against a lesser tortfeasor, Outfillage Corporation. Liberty Mutual sued Outfillage to recover for damages to a scraper which were caused by Outfillage employees. The insured even filed a complaint and intervention to block the subrogation claim against Outfillage. Liberty Mutual then cross-complained against Conexco, its insurer for breach of contract, 
and the court held that the release of Alt Village was a material breach of the policy, and Liberty Mutual recovered from Conexco a judgment exceeding the amount that they actually paid before they found out what had happened. In conclusion, the court stated, quote, Faced with this sweeping and portentous pronouncement of the force and dignity of such covenants of good faith and fair dealing, we find no difficulty in construing the scope of their impact to devolve alike upon the insured as well as the insurer, and that a breach thereof by the insured would lead to the same legal consequences as any garden variety breach of contract. This video was adapted from my book, Property Insurance Checklist, 13th edition, which is available from Thomson Reuters. If you found this video to be of interest or useful to you or your colleagues, please pass it on. It's free. Please also subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, my blog, and my Substack publications so that you can be advised of future videos and blog postings. And please also click on the like button, the rumble button on the rumble videos, so that your interest in these videos can be recorded and approved by me. Thank you for your attention.